ain't a junkie, I just draft a lot, ayy, and I draft a lot, ayy, and I draft a lot, ayy. I ain't a junkie, I just draft a lot, ayy, and I draft a lot, ayy, and I draft a lot, ayy, and I ain't a junkie, I just draft a lot. I ain't really got a lot of thoughts, I just pack them in a box. So I popped up on this pod, now I'm outside of the box. When I pop up on the clock, last thing I think is talk. See, I'm winning it now, loving it three and a thou. They peeping my style, keeping it now, steadily growing my Dow Jones. Oh no, these kids be thinking they prowl. Oh no, no, immediately throwing the towel. See, when it's different, it's different. Go position by position, ain't no issue commission. As a commission, I just listen. They envision my vision and my division. I'm stealing, cause I be willing and dealing. Find me the trade, cause I'm a fiend. I'm a junkie, ayy, and I'm a junkie, ayy. Ain't no denying my supply, I'm a junkie, ayy. See, I'm a junkie, ayy, and I'm a junkie, ayy. Be getting high off my supply, I'm a junkie, ayy. Hello everybody, welcome to episode 121 of the Dynasty Junkies podcast, a proud member of the Dynasty Addicts podcast network, the DAP network, if you will, and we always do. Sitting with me tonight, we've got Scott Sedlow. How you doing tonight, Scott? Dude, I'm, I'm just rolling this week. It's my third podcast in four days, uh, so I'm just, I'm like fired up, man. I'm ready to go. Like, I'm already in it. I'm just, you know, let's do it. Let's go. Right, right. Why not? Let's just keep going, right? And obviously, we've got Scott and Andrew here, and we've got a guest that I'm very excited to talk to. I know Wyatt, you and I talked a lot at the expo, had a really good time. I've been on your podcast, had to return the favor, and I thought better to deadlines than one of the smartest people I know on Twitter while it's still around. But Wyatt Bertalone, how are you, sir? Uh, doing well, feeling a bit of imposter syndrome after you caught me one of the smartest people, you know, so we'll see if I can uh, hold up to that at all. <laughs> I got low standards. You're in, you're in good company. We're all good to go. But no, it's, uh, <laughs> well, so now you turn it around. <laughs> Must be an Glad to have you on. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, it's, it's an, impo- we're all imposters. That's kind of the way it goes. Uh, all of us are yeah. doing the best we can, but I know we have you on. I, I thought Andrew Hall is Andrew Erickson. So when Rocky told me he was joining the podcast. So, I mean, that, that worked out. Yeah. I actually thought Andrew Erickson was Andrew Hall. So I actually oh. knew who you were. I just thought the name was different. And I thought it was not hit. Like I, it turned out to be the guy I thought it was. I just thought it was reversed. So again, I'll out. take it. You're still here. It's still a compliment. I'll take it. Yeah. I've heard worse, but Wyatt, explain to people where they can find you on the Twitter machine and what it is that you do in the community right now. Uh, you can find me on Twitter, YFB underscore FF. I am the co-creator of JWB Fantasy Football. Um, I do a lot of content through there, rankings, projections, uh, do our Dynasty show. I do our weekly recap for a redraft show. Uh, I do a DFS show. <laughs> uh, and then I occasionally write some articles for uh, DLF. Excellent. I know you're you're always writing stuff. You're always coming out with good content. That's why, again, I just... I love talking and interacting with you. So I think we're going to have a good time tonight. But before we get into too much of that, we got to support the sponsors since they're supporting us at least one more time while we're still sponsored by Manscaped. Who knows how long they've been sponsoring us or how long they'll continue to sponsor us. But Manscaped, obviously, one of the best out there. Support for Dynasty Junkies is brought to you by Manscaped. Best in the men's below-the-waist grooming. Uh, Products are precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. We've all heard these spots. All of us are big fans of Manscaped. We love what they do. Uh, obviously, there's a lot of different products that they come out with. The, the whole nose trimmer thing is terrific. The weed whacker. I know that manscaping is something that all of us in the industry, anyone that listens to fantasy football should probably be manscaping. Let's just assume. 
uh, male or female, doesn't matter. Let's just keep it clean, guys. Keep it clean and keep it above the belt. But use the code junkies at checkout. You get 20% off and free worldwide shipping. Uh, make sure you mention junkies. You tweet at us. You tell everybody that you love and everybody that you get for Christmas this year. Use junkies at checkout. Get yourself a discount. And uh, Scott, do you have anything you want to add to that very abrupt and short Manscaped read today? Yeah, I mean, I'm not I'm not going to share any images or anything, but I Thank did you. use mine today. Uh, you know, so I'm, I'm like I said, I'm feeling good from multiple things this week. Right. So just smooth and, and ready to roll. And then, of course, it's like nine degrees out right now. So right. maybe not the best timing on that. But, yeah. hey, at least, you know, we're we're clean and comfortable. right? Hey, we're all in the Midwest. Uh, obviously, uh, Scott's in Chicago area. I'm in Cincinnati. And Wyatt, our friend here, is from the northern Ohio region. I know why we were talking about this a little bit before we got started. You know, you're you're a, a, a Browns fan and kind of reluctantly or unfortunately. But well, I mean, I guess this is the only thing I could think of even. It's perfect segue in a way. Uh, Deshaun Watson is coming back. Are, are you excited or, or <laughs> nervous? Are you ang- like, what are you thinking about? Like with Deshaun Watson potentially playing again? Uh, for fantasy or for fandom? <laughs> Let's do fantasy. Let's stick with fantasy. Let's yeah, just keep okay. it easy. For that you. sounds good. Yeah, I, I think it's really impactful for the entire landscape because um, there are teams who have been hanging on to Deshaun Watson, waiting for him to make his arrival. Uh, if they're like in the playoff race, this is a huge boon for their team. It also should be a huge boon for the entire uh, pass catching room. Uh, Amari Cooper has pacing for like his best season with Jacoby Brissett, so I can only imagine what's going to happen with Desha- once Deshaun Watson's there. Uh, Donovan Peoples-Jones has been... Uh, kind of surprising this year, maybe maybe not surprising, but overperforming a bit, and you know I expect that to be better as well. And Joku coming back, although I actually do think this kind of hurts Nick Chubb mm. because uh, I think well they're going to pass at a higher rate. I think that one's pretty obvious, but I think when they get in close, it also uh, makes Nick Chubb have a little bit less uh, touchdown equity because Deshaun Watson can run it in at any point, and I think they'll call more pass plays in that area as well. Do you think this helps Hunt then too? Like it's kind of like in that same vein. Is it more of like, you know, chub down, hunt up? You know, not the same equivalent, but is that where your head's at too or no? No, no, actually I think it, if anything, it, it brings him down a little bit as well. Just because I, I just think like in general, there will be less opportunities for the running backs. I think that's fair. I think that's fair. Scott, are you kind of on that same page, at least for fantasy with Deshaun Watson coming back? I mean, where are you, are you excited? Is it like hooray or is it meh? Well, I just traded Deontay Foreman and a 24 second for Amari Cooper. So uh, wheels up. Let's go. That's like my second Cooper share, by the way. So well, that's, I, that's telling you something. I've been all over Twitter about this. I've written articles about this actually in the last couple of weeks even. But Amari Cooper, I'm only playing him when he's at home. He just he only scores touchdowns at home. It's so wild. He, it's terrible <laughs> on the road. I feel like he was the same kind of inconsistency his whole career like this is just kind of who he is yeah. he just like he was always there but like before you could like say it was the dome but right. now it's just like is it just home and away like what is it yeah. what's going <laughs> to ben roethlisberger of wide receivers yes yes and nice. so i've been telling everybody that asks i'm like you know send cooper get rid of cooper and scott's like i'll take him let's see what happens uh and i think too though sure. everything depends on price and i think that's actually a terrific price for cooper so i would have no problem taking cooper at that price uh because i just i don't think foreman's the guy much more than you know a couple of weeks maybe this year but all that aside i mean i, I think that you're on the right track here right i think this does help the passing game i think the browns are going to be a team that you kind of have to i don't know maybe have to look out for a little bit more when you're playing teams maybe it ups the uh the points scored and helps maybe both offenses be a little quote unquote better in narrative style and saying well they're going to score more points i mean there is some of that 
on the flip side, and something I've kind of been saying to people too, is he's going to be rusty, right? You want to think Deshaun Watson is just going to land and do this like he did before. He's been gone for a whole year. Uh, he's had a lot of drama. He's had a lot of, his mind is not in the same place it was before all of this. I mean, you can't take all of that out. That All of that factors in too. So I'm not even, I'm not going to say I'm excited for it. I don't know if that's quite the right word, but I'm very curious. I'm, I'm interested. I want to see what happens for fantasy and for fandom, really. It's like, I want to see what he does for the team. I want to see how well he plays. I want to see if he comes out struggling, do the fans abandon ship? Does fantasy managers abandon ship? Like, how long do we give him to settle in? All that kind of stuff. Can Can you imagine what Twitter's going to be like if he's bad when he gets back? <laughs> Especially, you know, Brown's fandom. It's going to be a nightmare. If they bench him for Jacoby in like two games. Oh, cold. Don't, don't put that out there. <laughs> I'm putting it out there. It's on recording now. But my goodness, that would be, whew, that would be. Hot toddy, like that would be a quite uh, uh Ohio might the, the lake might catch on fire again. Let's put it that way. Um, again, yes, <laughs> I know it's, it's happened before. Uh, any other headlines from this week that you guys want to discuss or anything else that kind of popped out to you on the timeline this week that you want to bring up while we're here? I didn't think I would, so. Perfect. Uh, so there are no, there's a, there's a well, there's a bunch, there's injuries and speculation and like Kyla Murray and all like, that's, that's not that's fun. Not, and that's not really what we do here. Let's be honest. Like we're, we're not a week to week show. We bring up a lot of that stuff sometimes to talk about values. But I think at this time of year, all of those values, all of those questions, all of those discussions kind of muddle down into the main topic we want to get into tonight, which is trade deadline strategy and talking about how trade deadline moves can make or break your season. Uh, what kind of moves are we looking to make? What kind of moves do you feel like you should be avoiding those kind of things? So Maybe to start us out here, Scott, I mean, I, maybe the broad topic is something we should start with at first is trade deadlines in general. I'm pretty sure I know your stance, Scott, but where are you at on trade deadlines in Dynasty? I mean, I would just say make it universal because my life is hell right now trying to like, figure out or <laughs> yeah. remember. Um, I actually had to make a, um, you know, in your uh, notes app on your phone, you can make like a, a graph or a chart, like a mini Excel, right? Like I can do the graph. Mm -hmm. So uh i am going league by league trying to figure out when my trade deadline is right now because that's the only way i can try to keep track of it or figure it out so um as of this point my earliest deadlines are like thanksgiving so i still right. have you know like a week basically but i have more than i thought that don't have one nice. uh so i'm i'm happy about that but yeah i mean that would be my preference at the end of the day, although I, I don't really care because a, a deadline could, you know, in theory, I mean, it has in the past in some of my leagues generated some activity, right? But right. you're done trying to project too for the rest of the year, which is hard. And sometimes those arms races are, are fun. And sometimes you can benefit, right? Like guys might be willing to overpay if you're trying to sell or, exactly, um, you know, whatever. So, you know, either, either way is cool with me. I just need to know when and where and how. I like what you said. If it was universal, could you imagine if every dynasty league had the same, like, Nope, this is the rule. It's always week 12. So you know, like that. Awesome. Would be, <laughs> be, Russ would lose in his mind. Like he would just be like, no, I can't. Um, Wyatt, are you kind of on that same page where you'd prefer there to be no deadline, but it really doesn't matter. Or is it, you might have a more hardline stance there. I am staunchly against trade deadlines in dynasty. Uh, the beauty of dynasty is that you can trade all year long. So why would we ever stop people from being able to do it? Yep. And the only like, real like argument i ever see is people saying that uh well what if like there's a, some sort of collusion that happens of like someone trading to like load up a roster during playoff time or something like that but my, my counter argument is if you're in a league where you're that's a fear of yours you should get out of that league and you know they will yep. do it anytime right yep yeah. 
No, and I think too collusion is a different thing, right? It, it, collusion is an it, like it's a rule of its own, right? Like a trade deadline right. will not increase or decrease the collusion. If there's collusion, it's there, and you'll know it. Uh, and yeah. there are other ways to do it anyway, right? I mean, like there there are leagues where you know players get dropped and it's first come first serve as soon as they're dropped, and it happens anyway. I've seen it, right? Like I mean, again, it was years ago and it was accidental and everything went away. We all undid it, but it was just like you could easily do some of that same kind of thing. You know what I mean? Like it was, mm-hmm. you know, what are we doing here? Uh, I think, and again, I, I'm with you. I think trade deadlines are, are kind of ridiculous, at least in theory, because this is a game that we all signed up for, you know, for the long haul to play, you know, all year round and to then say, no, no, take a break. However, I will say I get the point in some leagues where, especially if it's like a safe leagues or something where it's like random people that, you know, there really isn't a whole lot of bond together or anything where like you don't know each other. I kind of like turning it off for the playoffs only and just saying like when the playoffs, like when the playoffs begin, when that week kicks off of the playoffs, you're done. And that way it's kind of like that's the lockdown. And then when the playoffs are over, when there is a champion, it opens right back up. So like I, I don't mind that on leagues where you don't quite have full control of who's in it. Right. But other than that, I'm with you. I, I think you should be able to trade anytime you want. If somebody is in week 16 and their quarterback gets hurt and they're willing to pay you, you know, an early 22 or 23 second at this point for Taylor Heineke, I say let that happen, right? Like that's crazy talk, but let it happen. That's the kind of values I love to see. Yeah, it, it helps everybody because it allows like rebuilding teams to fi- find new avenues to like, you know, get picks and stuff like that too, as well as the people who are trying to win championships. Yeah, and here's what Ridley Truther in the chat is always recovering. Ridley Truther, you want to make sure you get the full name there. But he just discovered two leagues at the deadline is week 11. Mental note on which ones to consolidate. I think that's kind of where I expected Scott to go. Is like, well, the earlier ones, do we get rid of those? I was in a couple in in the past, I think, that had week 10 or 11. But it was before the, the schedule got extended. And I feel like most of them are right around that Thanksgiving week 12, week 13 kind of time frame, which feels right. I don't, I don't mind that. But again, I, I'd much prefer, like, I think I'm pretty sure that trade addicts are no deadline. And it's like, that's the way it should be. I should I'm, be able to, as a contender, I should be able to, to add more, you know, add more stuff to my, my arsenal. And as a rebuilder, I should be able to trade whatever points I can away at the best possible moment. And if that's in the offseason or postseason, I should say, so be it. Yeah. I'm in full agreement. Like, my leagues don't have trade deadlines. Just it's the point for me where it's just selfishness of like, if I can cross off one league that I don't <laughs> yeah. have to worry about, like, thank God, you know, but yeah. like, cause I'm just getting towards burnout at this point, you know, but um, yeah, I, you know, otherwise I, I completely agree. Um, and I don't need to hear like, well, the other fellows, a trade deadline, like that's great. The NFL also plays one quarterback on the field. So we and they play have punters flex. and they have defensive like, linemen. Yeah, like I don't, I don't I mean, we don't have to do everything. It, so. Yeah. I mean, no offense to IDP. I know you can definitely play defensive linemen, but there is still no offensive linemen. Like there's still, it's just, there's a lot of things like that. But with that in mind, I know trade deadlines are kind of a, a can be anyway, a hot topic. Uh, I think we're all on the same page, which is good. But with those leagues that do have deadlines, Scott, you kind of hit on it. There are definitely some leagues that have more activity at the deadline. Uh, there are a few leagues that I've been in over the years. I've been in some for multiple years where there's just, it's, you know, weeks two, three, four, five are just crickets. There's nothing. And then you might get a trade pop up here and there in the middle as teams decide what they're doing. But then you might get a flurry, like four or five trades that week of the trade deadline, right? Like this is something I know that everybody has seen. So to me, that is the the one, I guess, our, our biggest benefit maybe to having a trade deadline. But what kind of moves, Wyatt, are you looking to make at a deadline if you're rebuilding? Like, is it the is it as easy as win now versus rebuild pieces? Or are there other kind of strategy pieces you put together here? Um, if I'm rebuilding and I'm going to, 
give that a little slash and say retooling because I think there is a difference. Yeah. Um, yep. Huge. I, and I would say that more often than not, it's retooling and not rebuilding. I, I think rebuilding is like you've realized you have to tear it down to the studs. It's going to be a few years. I And I honestly think that like that's more rare than people realize that you have to do yes. that because um, quite often we don't really know what's going to happen. Like there were teams going into like 2021 who had Cooper Cup and Debo Samuel on their rosters. Like, I don't know what I'm going to be able to do this year. And then the season started and they're like, oh, I'm a computer. <laughs> like, you yeah, know, like, oh, I'm in it now. Yeah. Happen. So um, when I'm like retooling, I'm not just going to get away, get, like get rid of a veteran player just because he's a veteran player. If I think that he can still retain value or help me win next year, unless like the deal is good. Instead, I'm trying to uh, just, it's just asset acquisition and you're trying to get assets that can uh, gain value or hold value until next year more often than not that's draft picks obviously we know that but that can also be players who are like currently injured um like yes. i could i would like as a rebuilding team i would be interested in asking about cooper cup right now yes. because his price is going to be depressed and i would expect him to just come back like i'm i mean i'm, I'm guessing he's not really coming back this year i don't see, see any point to it but i would assume he would come right back next year and still be a wide receiver one no issue uh like same with uh like Brees Hall, I'm checking in just to see. Brees Hall hasn't gone down very much, but you know it's worth a check. I got a deal done today, actually, on a, on a team where like I'm set to be the 101 in next year's draft on a rebuilding team, but I wanted to secure that by getting points off my bench, and I traded away AJ Brown for Brees Hall. Mm. Uh, I like it. I could do that. Yeah. Yeah. Like um, maybe someone like Calvin Ridley. You know, I'm trying to get go get those players who are depressed right now could gain value next year i think like the prime example of this was last year uh trading for travis Etienne while he was injured mm, yep and jk dobbins i think was one last year i remember doing a lot of those because he was you know out yeah supposed to come that back. one didn't work out as well but it is yeah. the same process you yeah. know just injury continues. javante williams is one of those guys too right and any of those guys that have been injured a few weeks ago i mean it's very possible that the the manager that has them has decided you know when that when that happened the Brees hall manager is like well i'm done for the year now Maybe they won three out of four weeks, right? Maybe they ended up going on a tear and they're like, oh, crap, I'm in it. Like, I'm, I'm third in the league still and I'm still going. Like, you know, maybe they're pivoting. So that's the time to ask. Also, the further away from the news you get, the, the less likely you're going to see a spike valuation kind of changing things. It kind of settles back down. The market kind of adjusts. So I always like to wait a couple of weeks to even ask those questions. But now is the time to do it, right? If you've got a door closing ahead of you in a week or two, now is the time to send that offer out and just be like, hey, 23 first for Javante, what do you think? Right. And sometimes, again, everybody's different and valuations are all over the place. There are definitely people that would say, give me the first hands down. Others would say, give me Javante hands down. I mean, like, you, you just never know. So if you're comfortable with it, I don't see the problem with sending it. But Scott, I mean, again, just not to beat a dead horse, but I think you're on the same page here, right? Like if you're trying to rebuild or retool, you're trying to send off any points you can and, and take on assets for next year already, right? Yeah, I mean, I've I've talked about this before. I think this year is just different because there are so many teams already looking ahead to 23. And so if you went into this season at all not already doing that, like you're not getting better than the 103 or 104 at best. Right. In most leagues, it might even be 105, 106. So, um, you know, I have so many leagues right now where in the last couple of weeks I would have been selling off, but I'm just hanging in there because – What's the difference between 106 and, you know, if I end up with 108, you know, like right. screw it. I'm just going to go for it. If I can make a little run and win some money, uh, 
yeah, I'm going to be trying to do that. So it is going to be a different approach for me this year. But, um, you know, I could look back to in a few months and say, well, I've got a shitload of 107. So that didn't work <laughs> out. But, uh, you know, it's just where we're at right now, um, kind of with with this crazy 23 class coming up. So uh, I will, to some extent, sell off what I can get. But uh, I think right now, targeting those injured players is still going to be the biggest thing. And I mean, I'm doing that pretty much even with contenders too. Like, yep. let me, let I'm me try to buy that. guys, anyone that can add value. I mean, I'm going to do that on any roster, whether I'm rebuilding, retooling or whatever it may be. So, Well, and that's kind of where I was even going to pivot to is that there are a couple of teams that I have where I'm contending, but also retooling, right? Where like I'm contending, but it's with aging players that, you know, like Tom Brady's my QB two or Derek Carr is my Q, you know what I mean? Like things like that, where it's like, I'm not really locked and loaded, but I am in the top just because I I've dodged a lot of the major injuries. And it's like, well, I might as well try to trade away, you know, a couple future seconds or, you know, a second and another player for a player that I think will be worth more in a year. So I think that's always the way to go. And, and retooling, I think is probably the, the better word or reloading. I think I've heard it used like that, like, you know, kind of loading up a little bit on the back. And I think to what Wyatt said earlier, rebuilding, I think is, is tossed around a lot. And I do it myself when I'm like, I say it's rebuild or contender. It's not that black and right. white. There are really right. more like four different places in the league, right? There's purgatory in the middle and then there's contending and then there's the retooling and then there's the rebuilding, right? So it's like you have kind of different variations, but like to Scott, what's, what Scott said before, there's no standardization across dynasty to know that. So it's just a really easy, simple way to shorthand that and say, are you winning now or not? Right. That's pretty much all it is. Uh, I think the other conversation, or at least one part of this conversation, I, I think we've kind of gotten into already, though, is do we see a lot of valuation changing at the deadline? Like, are there players like, for instance, Geno Smith has been somebody that, you know, for Dynasty has been kind of a hard one to tackle and hard one to figure out because there is a chance that he's the guy there next year, although I think that's unlikely. He's playing really well, and the team is doing pretty okay with him. Is I mean, is it crazy to think he might be the guy there next year? And at that point, does that change his valuation? And then does the deadline impact that? Because when now teams are going to say, well, I want that guy on my team this year. I don't care about next year. So I'll put, I'll put it to you first, Wyatt. I mean, where do you think on guys like that? Like, are their values changing at the deadline or not really? Well, quickly on Geno Smith, like I am in on for Geno Smith. Like weeks ago, I was sending, you should send a second for Geno Smith in your Superflex leagues. You, I don't think you can get that done now. Uh, I do think he will be the starter for Seattle. I think he's played himself into being the starter for Seattle next year. I, they won't be in position to really draft a QB. I think that's just going to happen. Um, but valuation like around the deadline, I don't think necessarily changes because of the deadline for the player, like in a vacuum, I think the market value can change in a player because right. of the deadline. You're specific. Great, great point. Yep. Where uh, you can create markets for players because of the deadline. Uh, like maybe, you know, everyone knows what the deadline is or they should if they're in your league. Or they're and, just learning like Scott. No, <laughs> yeah. And um, uh, you can just put a player on the block and say like, I like, let's get this deal. I want to move this player. Let's get this deal done. And you can create a market for that player. If it's a worthwhile player, you know, you might have two league mates come to you with separate offers and you might have created a bidding war. Um, so I don't think like, the specific player changes. It's just what can you do within your league because of the deadline. No, and that's a great way to put it. I mean, you're probably right. I, I don't think the actual value changes, but I think the perceived value changes. Maybe that's another way to put what you're saying too, and not to put words in your mouth, but that's kind of how my brain thinks about it, right? Where it's like, there are definitely times where I think we all do this. When, when if you, Whether you're contending or not, 
or as again, recovering calls it cont contooling. I love that. Or spike contenders as Rocky calls them. I love that. That's exactly what it is. There are definitely some teams that I have that are spike contending, right? That are somehow fourth in scoring. And I'm like, I, I don't deserve to be here guys. Like this is I don't not want a great to be team. Here. I wasn't playing on this. <laughs> yeah. Like the, the, the question I have is how do I get out of this? Like, what have I done wrong? Cause I don't, I don't really think I have a chance. The top two or three teams are killing it. I'm just lucky to be in fourth. But that kind of goes back to what Scott said, too. There are a lot more teams aiming at 2023 than usual. Uh, I actually, there was a trade in one of my leagues a couple weeks ago, I think, where uh, the guy who was in third place in the league, he was like seven and seven and one or six and one, six and two, something like that. Like six, third place in the league sent players for picks. And I was just like, uh, what? And it was like, maybe he thinks he's a spike contender, right? Maybe he's like, I'm, this is. This is not accurate. Like, you know, and we see it a lot on find me a trade. And Scott brings it up. Like if you're, you know, kind of like a mirage in a sense, if you're fourth in record, but you know, ninth in scoring, right. Take a deep look at that and go, maybe I should pivot before everyone else. And that's kind of what I feel like this guy was doing, but the more players, the more teams, the more managers that do that, the more my sixth place team becomes fifth and then becomes fourth. And I'm like, well, okay. If you guys are all abandoning ship, I'll take the title this year. I don't mind. You know what I mean? Like someone's got to win it. So, I mean, again, that's, you know, maybe a long-winded way of saying the valuation in every league is so different and each league is its own market. And I think that's kind of what you're hitting on there. Scott, would you agree with that where it's like more of the, the, the league market valuation changing rather than the actual player valuation changing? Yeah, I mean, it's people are going to have different, you know, strategies on how to get to where they want to go. So if somebody all yep. of a sudden is in that situation and says, you know what, I'll make her on this here, screw it, I'll give up a second, you know, whatever. Um you know, you, there's going to be somebody like that probably in every league, right? So yep. um, it's all about being in the right place at the right time and taking advantage of those things and seeing what happens. I mean, that team I mentioned earlier where I bought Cooper, like I've already lost just so many players. It's not even funny. <laughs> and yeah. like, but it was just like, you know what? I mean, I, I'll still, I'll still try it. Like, let's see what happens. Like, I, you know, everybody's just kind of bunched together here. And I mean, anything can happen. So what if Watson comes back and Cooper just like kills it down the stretch? Like, I don't I mean, that's not out of the, you know, range of outcomes, right? Like that's, that's certainly possible. Um, so yeah, why not? Right. Um, well, I do want to circle back on one thing real quick though. Yeah. Seattle does have Denver's pick. So they could have uh, like right now it'd be projected as seven, but it would be like, they're not getting like a CJ Stroud or Bryce Young, right? It'd be like a Will Levis, a Hennenhoek or somebody like that. So most likely, I, I think you're right, Wyatt, that Gino will be the starter next year. Now, depending on how the season goes, maybe at some point the young guy comes in, if assuming they even take one, right? So number one, they'd have to spend the capital. And then number two, you know, they'd have to eventually not have a good season and then that young guy come in at some point. But I think you're right, as of right now, I don't see any reason why he wouldn't be the at least the starter bridge quarterback in the next year at minimum. Um, so yeah. yeah, to give up a second for him, yeah, abs absolutely, because I think you're getting more than just this season. For him. Well, yeah. and, and, and I think what you're hitting on there. Like, go ahead. Oh, so, I was gonna, and this isn't just your, like your run of the mill like QB film. Like he's a QB one, and I don't see that changing yes. anytime soon for this season. Yeah, yeah, he's got yeah. the weapons. When this is where again, I, the thing I love, one of the things I love most about Dynasty is the the pure speculation. It literally like this is just gut feeling. This is just like, well, I'm reading the tea leaves and I think he's going to be the guy. And like you could easily talk to someone who goes, no, he's not the guy. And there's no evidence on either side. But both of you are so damn sure that you're just like, I'll make that trade. 
I'll give him up. I'll get something for him. And the other guy's like, I'll give anything for him. And I think that's what ultimately all of this comes down to any type of trading. And again, we're, we're very much a, a, a trade centric show. We'd love talking values and trades and all that, because I think that's the easiest way to, to improve your team. Maybe not easiest. That's not the right word, but maybe the uh, fastest way to improve your team. Uh, if you do it well and you do it a lot and you do it right, you can really change your whole perspective in a couple of trades or in a couple of weeks, right? Uh, and there's a lot of players, and Geno Smith is just one of those guys where it's like, I don't know what to think of him for the future or now. Like, I know he's good now, but like, how long does that last? Is this a fluke? Like, there's still some question marks there for some people. I think it's legit. And so if you can find someone who disagrees with you, I always say to people too, when I'm arguing, getting into discussions on Twitter, it's like, we'd be great trade partners. Like, this is awesome. Like, I don't, I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm just saying I disagree. And I think all too often people look at it like, no, this is the true valuation and you're incorrect. Oh, no, 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 no. We, none of us know the future. We wouldn't be doing this. I'd be playing that Powerball. You know what I mean? Like, what? Am, I wouldn't be wasting my time with you idiots playing fantasy football. Um, but that's also what also makes it so much fun. It's just the speculation. And this is the okay. time of year at the trade deadline. It makes it fun. That, that reminds me of something. I have, I have to say this just so that it's on record because this is, we've talked about collusion. We've talked about, oh, the values, you know, whatever. Sure. Nobody really knows. Let me tell you about just an absolutely mind-blowing thing that happened in February of last season. I traded my pick, which was the 110, um, and like some random piece for um, Sam Darnold, who was still on the Jets at the time, Miles Gaskin, and OBJ. And OBJ, I think, was... Um, Nailed it. Where was he at the time? I don't, before the Rams, right? Rams? So oh, uh, this was February of 21. He was on the <laughs> yeah. Browns. Yeah, right? Okay, so a guy, this was in a safe leagues league, okay? So it's a commission service. If anyone doesn't know what safe leagues is, it's owned right. by Scott Fish. Um, and this guy, like, emailed Scott Fish. He made a message. He said, this is the craziest trade. This is horrible. Like, why would... This guy is just a moron. Why would he ever make this trade? This is the worst trade ever. This league is crap. And like three people ended up leaving the league. And it was just like a total, like, wow, just wild. Blew up the league. Okay. Absolutely blew up the league. I literally ended up having to, like, I talked to Scott because I know Scott. And uh, I literally just changed my name and like used a different email to just say, like, I'm a new owner now because like no one would even like trade with me because like I supposedly fleeced this guy so bad. And yet here we are not even two years later. And I think that 110 was Jalen Waddle. So I'm the dumbass, not the <laughs> other. You know what I mean? Like yep. no one knows. Yep. That doesn't mean it's collusion. Like a bad value does not mean collusion. People have no idea what the definition of collusion means because it literally right. has nothing to do with the values of players. Um, so stop asking if something is collusion because you don't agree with the value. And also you don't know. So even right. if you don't agree, you yep. don't have a clue how any of that's going to work out. So yeah. just shut up. If someone trades Josh life. Allen for 10 fab, that's collusion. But right. just yeah. a trade between players, like right. you know, it's not collusion. Right. It's just people valuing things differently. Yep. And I think that's where we're all in this game to kind of do our own thing Perfect and have example. our own fun with it, right? And it, at the same time, it's just, it's just one of those things, like, I don't know what it is about I don't just, I don't know what it is about humans in general, really just the, the nature that we just like to bitch about stuff. You know what I mean? Like it just, it doesn't even matter what it is. I, there was a, I think it was Dana Gould, a comedian. I saw uh, a scroll on Twitter or TikTok or something. And I just saw this like little snippet come up and he goes, you know, the reason that arguments happen is somebody says that they're for something. And then somebody else just comes out and says, Nope, I'm against it. 
And, and that causes the argument because as humans, it's like there's just this thing with us where we just go, I disagree and here's why. And I think a lot of times that disagreement becomes an argument when in real, reality, it's not. Like there isn't that big of a deal. Um, and I know I, I've gotten into some Twitter discussions with John Bosch today and, and with uh, uh, Shane uh, last week where it's just like, you know, valuations and all this. I'm like, I'm not saying anybody's wrong. I'm just saying I disagree. Like you don't have to take it so personal. Like it's not that big of a deal. Like we're allowed to disagree. I don't know when this became like, such a bad thing and then like again in a in a weird i don't know tangent of a sort like the whole fantasy receipts thing right there's all these people out there holding people accountable but kind of to scott's point like well when do you dictate when the take is bad you know what i mean like people were all out on justin fields like justin fields is the best qb ever and then after three weeks these people are pulling up receipts and i'm like uh it's only been three weeks you know and then three weeks later he's now the qb5 and where are the where are the receipts now you know what i mean i'm just i'm confused because it's like it's not really fair to like call a take bad if it's just a, a guess at the future. That's what we're all trying to do. Now, again, to, to Wyatt's point, there are definitely bad takes where somebody can come out and say, Dontrell Hilliard is the wide receiver or the running back one. Like, okay, well, no, well, that's not really one the wide receiver one. Right? <laughs> yeah. You know what? Even crazier. And also that makes no sense, right? Like that's, that, that's not what we're talking about here, but like, I don't mind you, you know, saying something with your whole chest and saying, here's my opinion. Right. I don't mind you coming out and saying Nick Chubb is going to be the, the running back one this year. Like to me, if he's not running back one, that doesn't mean you were wrong. It just means you guessed wrong. It well, doesn't mean you as a person are wrong. Think it's not just yeah. like they're just saying it to say it. Like if they well, and, it, and I think, they think this. Okay. Right. And I think that's cool. part of where this accountability culture is kind of coming from in a sense, because there's just so many of those takes that are just ludicrous. Like there's just so many, and, and I know we all see it where you're just like, my first thought is almost never you're wrong. My first thought is what have I missed? Like, can you explain your reasoning why you think LaVisca Chenault is the wide receiver one? You know what I mean? Like, where are you coming from that I have not seen any of that data? Like, explain it to me. And if your explanation yeah, I'm, I'm is all for I just hot takes, so. but give me a process. Give me how you got there. Yeah. Don't Bingo. just throw something at the wall. No, and that's kind of what I'm getting at. I think a lot of the times the the takes that get scalding hot are the ones that are just, you know. Like from your gut, like I said before, trust your gut, but not like that. Come on, man. Like, that's not what we want. Anyway, on we've derailed plenty from this, but I want to get back to it and bring it back for right. a hot second here and kind of wrap this trade deadline discussion up. I think that if you have a trade deadline, it, it would be smart to know when it is. Uh, I think, uh, Scott, you're on the right track if you're you know writing them down as you go and just, oh, that's good to know. Uh, that being said, if you miss it. some right now that I just found. Good, smart, <laughs> smart. If you miss it, and let's say you miss the trade deadline, right? And you're you're looking at it like, oh, damn, I didn't get this guy sent by the deadline. Scott just hit on it perfectly. That could be the best thing ever. I think there are definitely more trades that I haven't made that have saved my ass <laughs> than trades that I have made. Like there have been trades that I declined or trades where the other side declined. And then like the next day somebody gets hurt and I'm just like, someone was looking out for me. Like, you know what I mean? Like not, not that anything about injury is, is good. I'm just saying like, oof. I almost took that trade that would have you know, really tanked my season would have changed my whole thing. So it's, it's a crazy game that we play and we can't predict the future. And I know Russ says this all the time, but if you make a bad trade, just make another one and ignore it and move on and forget about it. And I think that's the best way to live with this is that, you know, trade deadlines come and go. The trade deadline is, is a thing in a lot of leagues, but it'll open back up in January and you'll be able to trade again. And maybe this is the best thing in the world for you is to not be able to trade. Uh, I know there are definitely times where I've, I've done that. So any other final thoughts from you, Wyatt, on this trade deadline discussion as we're getting into this? No, I'm good. I'm ready to rock and roll. I know, right? We're, we're looking ahead to the find me a trade segment already. But Scott, any other things you want to bring up regarding trade deadlines or you think we've pretty much hit it out of the park here? 
I think we can get this train running. What was that? Yeah, just hang on. Okay, we're good. He's he's good. He's still writing down leagues. He's still getting it figured out. So yeah, struggling. He's okay. He's okay. We're gonna get into the find me a trade segment tonight. Uh, this trade is brought by Steve K. We actually did one of Steve's leagues a couple weeks ago. I think it was a, a di- it was a different league for sure, but it was a, a different type of league. This one Steve's is in a lot of leagues. He, he is in a lot of leagues. He's a, a listener. Obviously, we're a fan of Steve. Thank you for paying attention and, and playing along here. Uh, before I get into his trade, and I, I don't want to bring his team up just yet, but anybody that is listening to this, if you want to have us do this for your team. If you want us to find you a trade, find us on Twitter for now uh, while it's still around and uh, go to our link tree. You can submit using our Google form on there. Uh, We have plenty of submissions, but we're always taking more. So if you want to get your league in there, give us a a shout. And if you want to get moved up on the list, you're always welcome to submit a review and uh, put something in on Apple and then DM us or tweet at us or something that you did that. We don't necessarily care about proof. You could lie to us, but just do us a favor, submit that review, subscribe to us on YouTube, on the Depp Network, something like that. Just let us know you're supporting the channel and we'll bump you up the list. But uh, with that, Steve submitted this one, Steve K, at Klaz K on Twitter. Uh, the league is the Dynasty League of Terror and his team is Bad Taste. Uh, I'll, my computer's running really slow, so I'm not going to bring I, it up. I have it pulled up. Perfect. If you want to uh, screen share that, I'll start getting into the settings on this. So it's a 12-team Superflex tiered PPR uh, you start nine QB running back receiver tight end four flex and a super flex. Uh, there's 35 roster spots and no IR and Steve's thoughts on his team. He submitted initially just playoff team, but not favorite. I asked him for an update today just to make sure that we're on the same page. And he pretty much said, I need a retool. He needs to, to figure out some things, not rebuild. Like we were saying before, this is more of a retool. Uh, but most of the league is trying to rebuild. Oh, that's an interesting context. Uh, he said he would like to obtain pieces that will gain value, but not your typical picks in youth, because I know that won't work. And uh, no comment on that. And don't forget about the 0.25 point per carry. Running backs are a premium in that league. And I'll be honest, Steve, your team has some running backs. And I think that's probably your your heaviest and best position. So, yeah, Scott, if you have the team, if you want to pull that up or read from it, that'd be great. Yep. It's coming up okay. now. We're getting there. Got it. There, yeah. Okay. There we go. Okay. Um, okay. Quarterback. He has Lamar Jackson, Russell Wilson, Kenny Pickett, and then a couple of other uh, notable backups. Um, at running back, he has a whole slew of guys here. You can see just plenty of uh, you know anywhere from starters to third down backs to fill in guys. He's got a little bit of everything, and this is a point per carry league as well as half PPR for the running backs. So you know you have a bunch of different running backs that can add up. Uh, notably, Jonathan Taylor, Aaron Jones, uh, Deontay Foreman right now, that's that's rolling for him. Um, Kenny Drake's giving him some points. Isaiah Pacheco, Cordell Patterson. Patterson. Yeah. Um, Javante Williams obviously is hurt, so maybe that's a player that he could potentially like to move. Wilson's been on fire here the last couple weeks. Um, wide receiver, CeeDee Lamb, Jacoby Myers, Allen Robinson. That's uh, really all that's worth noting there. So that's that's a that's a thin uh, thin a course. Um, and tight ends, he's got Taysom Hill doing his thing, and David and Joku hopefully coming back from injury. Um, besides a couple of other fill-in pieces there. So overall, uh, you know, it's it's definitely you have some of the big names. Uh, anytime you have Lamar and Jonathan Taylor, um, I think you could just start right there and say, yeah, this team's going to be probably a contending team. Yeah, no, I completely agree with you. I think, again, what we were saying before, I, I, looking at the scoring and everything, he's kind of in the middle, but at the top of the middle. 
where it's like, you know, if you're, you know, in that four, five, six slot, I would say at that point, you might as well just try to go all in. Like you may not have the best team, but you just got to get lucky at the right time. And maybe that'll work for him. Maybe he'll get lucky at the right time. So why, why don't you start with your trade? I know you've got a pretty good one that I wanted to get into. And it talks about our guy, Geno Smith. So I think that's a smart move for you. <laughs> yeah. I feel like you were setting me up earlier. Trying to. Uh, always the professional. I appreciate <laughs> it. So when I took a look at this league, I kind of came to the conclusion that you did, Andrew, that I don't think there's like a clear favorite here. He's fifth in points, but when looking at his team, I can see why kind of because Jonathan Taylor hasn't really been performing and his QB two is Russell Wilson, who has also been underperforming. When he lost Javante Williams. Yeah. I mean, like he, he, he obviously Javante is Williams. losing some points. Yeah. But he's also became kind of flush in assets recently. Um, Isaiah Pacheco's kind of taken over backfield. Quirrell Patterson came back from injury. Uh, I liked Dante Foreman rest of the season. Jeffrey Wilson's performing a lot. Uh, Allen Robinson may have become relevant again. Uh, so the, <laughs> David Njoku is supposed to be getting healthy. So like all of a sudden he has a bunch of options here Um, with that in mind. And with the way the scoring is um, he, despite him being fairly shallow at wide receiver, I don't think he necessarily needs to add to it because he can just start five running backs if he really wanted to. And he could, Um, but he has plenty of options there. My thought was if things go according to plan, Jonathan Taylor's back doing his thing. You know, we've got all these running backs doing their thing. I just want to not be starting Russell Wilson anymore. <laughs> um, yeah. But I, you, you and but, the Broncos both, I think. <laughs> yeah. But because this is so kind of open, I don't want to have to use like my premium draft capital to upgrade the position. So he also has Kenny Pickett. I don't like Kenny Pickett. And he's fine, but I'm, I'm not really excited about him. And going in line with the fact that I think Geno Smith is a QB one rest of the season, and then will be the starter for Seattle, at least to open the season next year. I would send Kenny Pickett for Geno Smith. Uh, I'm trying to run. The, I think it's the the Chucky team. I'm trying to run the name of their team, <laughs> but um, yeah, Chucky's crew. Chucky's crew. Yeah, because I think that's just a deal that gets done. Because I think more often than not, you'll find that people have Pickett ahead of Geno Smith. Still, um, I do not. I have Geno Smith easily ahead of Pickett. Um, so I think that gives you a QB one as your QB two. You know, rest of the season to help you put over the top as the rest of your team is starting to thrive. Oh, I like it. I like it. And I think that's one of those two where you're giving up potential future, you know, younger asset and Kenny Pickett to gain the points of Geno Smith and looking at Chucky's crew's team. Um, he ain't winning. Uh, I don't, I don't know how else to tell you this Chucky, if you're listening, but my goodness, right. I believe he's two and eight work. Yeah. Um, and, and so he's I got, think he would also want the young player as well. Yeah. He's got a lot of holes to fill. And I think Kenny Pickett is probably one of those guys that might look more alluring on, on that team as a rebuilder. He's a full rebuilder really. And he might be willing to get rid of Geno Smith on that logic. So I thought that was a pretty good trade. Yeah. what do you think of that one, Scott? Yeah. At first I was like, um, that's insane. Um, right. It takes big balls, man. Like that, that that's a type of trade that like it's going to, win you championships right because on paper just looking at names you're like why why would you do that but you know why because he'll accept yep <laughs> you know in exactly. a league where it's hard to exactly. get trades done that that'll get done like why there's no reason that other team regardless of what he thinks of picket honestly it doesn't really matter if he likes him or not he should 100 percent take that trade because it will make his team better now just purely from a value standpoint you know, you can look at that however you want, um, just for kicks, 
I threw it into uh, DLF. Um, our friends over at DLF threw it in the tray finder here. And basically, you could even potentially get a second on top, right? So it's like, hey, if you, I mean, you could do it straight up. Is a second going to really make a difference? No. Is he going to give up a second that's probably going to be early? Probably not. Maybe he has an extra one or maybe you just ask for a third. If you can get a little bit on top, even better, right? Um, but at the end of the day, like, um, <laughs> that's, that's awesome. I love it. <laughs> well, so I'll, I'll give some more thoughts and then I'll pivot into my trade because I, I looked this up and we kind of talked about this a little bit anyway before we started. Uh, but I looked it up just now, even again, just to make sure I'm not crazy. The last trade done in this league was on August 17th. So this, this league doesn't I'm trade. Not surprised. I'm not surprised. This league does yeah. not trade, right? So this well, is, then, this is, and I'm not going to ask for anything back with. Yeah, and and knowing that, that's right. This is what I'm saying. This is what if you're gonna if you're gonna break the streak and you're gonna break the seal on this trade where this league does not seem to want to trade. I see a couple teams in here that you know trading draft picks during the draft in April and March. Like that, this league is just crickets, right? And this is something we talk about. I know we've mentioned this before. If you're if you know your league is active, then then send a fair farm market value kind of trade. You're you're okay to do that. If your trade is trade, or sorry, if your league is not active, you're going to have to overpay to get anyone off their players. And that's not the end of the world. You just need to be strategic with it. And I love this trade, Wyatt, because this is exactly the kind of trade that would go, uh, yeah, smash accept. And then the guy puts it on Twitter thinking he's the genius. And 98% of people say, give me Geno Smith. And he's like, oh, right. And it's like, because again, he's going to plug it into a calculator, DLF. And I just checked DTC. Both have it swinging heavy on the, the picket side. And it's like, that's not the, that's not the end all be all. Let's, let's be clear. That is not the truth. It's just the best guess. All of this is guess. But if someone's in a league like this where there's no trading, someone's probably checking this out on some calculator somewhere and then they need to win, win, win. Not just one win, not just two wins. They need to smash accept a trade. This one will get done. I have a very strong yeah. feeling. Now, again, this is the odd part. You know, we're trying to help Steve out. Steve might be like, I'm a Steelers fan. There's no way I'm trading Kenny Pitt. You know, that's fine. I get it. I get it. <laughs> But this trade might push you over the edge and make you much more of a contender. It'll cause some comments in the DMs, and that's fine. I think that this is very much a fair trade Embrace for it. both. But yes, lean into it, right? Um, if you if you can't beat them, join them, right? So like you know, if it might as well just let's go crazy here, let's go nuts, let's throw this league in the water and see what happens. So I love it. I thought it was a great trade. So mine is in a similar vein, and I'm not sure it's enough looking at it, but I was in my head, it felt like enough. I thought about it first with this team. I'm like, I got to get rid of Javante. That's the easy piece. That's the dead weight on my roster. Um, but then I was looking at the trades and noticed there really weren't that many. And like we said, we talked about this as just one of those quieter leagues. And I'm like, I don't know if anybody in a in a quiet league is really acquiring Javante, Smith or Javante Williams. I just don't know if that's happening. I feel like a lot of leagues that are active, he's bounced around three times because, you know, well, it's a valuation. But this league doesn't seem to want to do that. Okay. Who's one of my best players then that I'd have to send away to maybe get the most value? Well, I'm not sending Lamar with my QB2 being Russell Wilson. I don't feel confident with that. But that running back room is stacked. So I'm like, all right, who's my best running back? Now, best maybe with quote fingers on it. I still think Jonathan Taylor is the best running back on this on this team. So like, all right, let me. even though he's had a slump, he's had a good week. And maybe that's all it takes for the other person to go, okay, never mind. I'm just looking back one week and I'm overreactionary. Jonathan Taylor is RB1 again. So I'm going to send Jonathan Taylor to revenge of Reverend Lowe for Amon Ross, St. Brown, and Khalil Herbert. 
And the thought process obviously is pretty clear. I don't mind losing Jonathan Taylor and getting Amon Ra. I feel like they probably both have the same kind of upside. Amon Ra is a younger receiver to add to your receiver core. You do only need to start one receiver in this league, but I would still like to have more receivers, especially with them getting the full PPR. So, and then it also backfills with the, you know, quote unquote injured now, you know, the, the depressed asset with Khalil Herbert, you still got a running back for next year to kind of help backfill that position. And you've got plenty of guys you could drop in this one for two. Um, but that was kind of where my head went. The same as yours is like, I, I don't mind overpaying in a league like this. And maybe that's not even really an overpay. It just, it sounds like it to me. I just, I still can't wrap my head around that, but I guess Scott, I'll bounce it to you first. What do you think about this trade? Yeah, I mean, it's hard to trade Jonathan Taylor, right? Yeah. Um, especially when, you know, you think about like, well, this is, I mean, this is why some people say if you ever have the number one asset, you you trade them because, you know. You can only go down. Get that back, right? Yep. Um, you know? Uh, so, yeah, like, if you can just get over that and, and again, a league that doesn't trade, you see a name like Jonathan Taylor, I think that's going to get some attention. So That was my uh, thinking. Yep. You know, at the end of the day, I don't know if Herbert's gonna come back this year um, because he's the guy um, for them in the future. Monty won't be back next year, so they may just be shutting him down and saying, "Hey, let's let's just uh, we'll run uh, Monty into the ground here because we know he's not." When well, Fields so. is running plenty too, I mean, like honestly, they don't yeah. need a running back. Yeah. yeah, but if you're looking at you know, let's make a move for now and later, you know, then I, I like adding him in there in the trade. Like, piece and then Amonra gives you um you know in my opinion just getting those wide receiver that full point uh I like that personally um however Jonathan Taylor I mean he came back he played like all the snaps yep. I mean this this just came back I mean so I don't we saw Amonra essentially help some teams win last year so it's hard to say he's not a league winner but I mean Jonathan Taylor in this format would just, I mean, he could, he could just absolutely smash. And I, I would not want to trade him away here if I'm trying, but if the whole goal is to make a trade to win the championship, then I just, I don't want to give up Taylor. No, I definitely I, see why it would make sense as well. No, I totally agree. And that's what I mean. Like, I'm trying to think of a trade that would shake the cobwebs off, you know, kind of like what yeah. Wyatt was trying to do. Yeah. Like, I got to send yeah. something that's going to wake him up and, and have that's him right. go, okay, wait a minute. That's actually, how can I say no? That, and it, it's dumb in a way, but like I do feel like Jonathan Taylor's shelf life is probably shorter than Amon Ra's. And I don't think your team is really going to sacrifice that many points. Yeah, you might lose some of the upside, but I think Amon Ra has pretty good upside too, even with Goff this year and the, whoever QB they get next year in the draft. So, I mean, it just seemed like an interesting overpay. But Wyatt, are you on the same page here or am I way off? Uh, I look at this kind of in two different ways. If I look at it from my perspective of where I looked at the league and said, I'm trying to win, I think you're not getting quite enough in return, mostly because the Kill Herbert injury isn't sure. helping you right now. But I think you better did what Steve was asking for of just trying to like retool it a bit to be able to have some, lo- like add some longevity to his team. Um, because I think you do get that with Amon Ra. Uh, I like Amon Ra a lot. I think Khalil Herbert has a very good chance to be the starting running back for the Chicago Bears next year. It wouldn't surprise me at all. Um, but if you're trying to win, I think it's a little light. Yeah, <laughs> that basically, no, I, that's, 
That's fair. That's no, and I think that's entirely fair. But this is, again, it's just what makes this so much fun is that there is no wrong answer, right? These are just ideas. Again, Steve might listen to this and go, there's no way I'm trading Jonathan Taylor. What are you, crazy? Like, I'm trying to win this year. Um, I, and I, I thought you were going to help me. Yeah. <laughs> I, I found you a trade. I never said it would help. Um, but I do remember I wrote a, I think I wrote an article or it was part of an article I wrote for fantasy pros this last off season, actually heading into, you know, this year or whatever. And I was just like, I think you might want to get rid of Jonathan Taylor. Like I just, I think his, his value is about as high as it can get. And I, it was back in March, April, May, somewhere there. And I was getting slammed all over for it. And I was just like, but like what Scott said, his, he's the number one. Like, I'm not saying send him away for nothing. I'm saying send him away for the right pieces. So if you feel like this is light, add another piece. Right. Like go on that team and see if there's another player you like more than Cleo Herbert or more than, you know, at a, at a second. You know, these are these are the bones we're giving you. And I think that that's probably, you know, probably where I'm at. I would have no problem sending this trade as is because I want to break the silence. Like I'm at this point, I'm just like I'm going crazy not seeing trades like I would just send whatever the hell it takes, you know. Uh, and like uh, John Bosch and I were talking about today on Twitter, send your best and final. No negotiation. No. Just send it. Nope. Sorry. That's not how I live. I disagree entirely as well, but this is the kind of trade that makes sense in that. Like, nope, I'm sending it. But this type of league, 100% he's he's right. So, again, it just depends on the league and the conduct. Bingo. Bingo. All right, so Scott, go ahead. If I can, just real quick, like a quick little note about, like, Jonathan Taylor RB1 type of stuff. Yeah. I think just in general, if an RB hits RB1 and he's on my team, like, I'm looking to get rid of him at a certain point. Just, like, in general, just because... The, you know, the position with the least longevity, Absolutely. like I'm fine to just tear down like to another player in the general same range and get a bonus on top, uh, just like in general. Yeah. A thousand percent. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Whether you're Listen rebuilding, whether you're winning, I, I agree with you. I think that it, at some point you have to realize that the, the being at the top of the mountain is really, really hard to stay there. Like you can get there, but staying there is there's, you know, only a few players can actually keep it for more than a couple of years. We saw Barkley obviously tumble down the mountain and is trying to climb back up. And Derrick Henry obviously has had some struggles. And I mean, again, it just it happens all the time with running. Back. So, yeah, I completely agree. But Scott, I know you had a couple of trades on this, so I wanted to end with yours because I feel like you've got the most variety or at least, I don't know, the most discussion points and what you would what you would do here. So let's give you the floor and go for it. Yeah. So, Steve. I'm sorry, um, but <laughs> I know that this league, you know, we we covered it. Wyatt and Andrew, I've got you covered with trades that that could shake out a trade in this league, and I, I think those are the ways to go to try to get something done um, in this particular league. But you know, the reason that we do this segment is not just to help the submitter, but also for the listeners to try to you know yep. just give them an idea of what can they go for, what can they try to do. What are the scenarios we're looking at and and see if that rings a bell with them? Or maybe they're on the other side of this and going like, yeah, oh, I'd like to acquire Javante for for my retooling teams, right? So so my whole goal here was to move Javante because he's not scoring points and uh, find some guys that you could plug in to maybe get hot, maybe win a championship, you know, and and see, see what we can do there. So I identified two teams. Now, we covered this in the beginning. There's essentially two teams at the top of the standings, and there's two teams at the bottom. So that leaves you with eight teams fighting for for four spots. Uh, You have two teams currently that have lost three straight, and they're not at the top of points. So they could be on tilt. They could just be saying, all right, this is the time. Maybe we should sell off. Maybe we should find some assets. Maybe I can turn some smaller pieces into, you know, a piece like Javante, right? 
Okay, so the two trades. Uh, the first one is trading Javante Williams to the Walking Dead for, uh, I think, what I have, uh, Tom Brady, Michael Carter, and um, she was the third one. Keenan Allen. Keenan Allen. Keenan Allen. Thank you. Um, I should maybe put more information on my notes here, but I just always not Josh Allen. I guarantee you and that. that I don't. So you know. <laughs> okay. So the thought process here is essentially you're buying like two guys that are literally about to die. But again, we're making a run <laughs> to, to try to win. Now, Brady, you could kind of see the light go on a little bit there in Germany. Uh, they have a bye week. It's Tom Brady. It's Tom freaking Brady, man. Like you, you can, you can plug him in here as your QB two, And, um, you know, and if not, yeah, I mean, you still have a couple other options at quarterback. So it's not like it's the end of the world if that doesn't work out. You're not going all in for Tom Brady here. He's just one of the pieces. Um, Michael Carter or Jalen Warren, depending on how you look at that situation, I think Carter can give you more points right now, the higher kind of floor. Warren being, um, you know, somebody that, listen, if Najee goes down, even if not, like the guy's scoring points right now. And I feel like he could, uh, you know, if they if they shut down Najee at some point, right, you know, that, that could be a type of situation where the guy comes in and, and wins and or just a future piece. Um, and then Keenan Allen's getting healthy. He used that practice today. Uh, and so, you know, again, he's just that that team needs weapons so bad. Everybody's hurt. Herbert needs somebody to throw to. If Allen can come back, he's the type of guy that can get hot down the stretch and, and just get you those PPR points. So you're you're turning a you know a great young player into you know maybe guys that won't even be in the league two years from now, and that's yeah. hard to do. Like I don't want to do that, but when we're talking about trying to win a ship, like these are the things that you have to do. And um, you know, again, Javante might not even be a hundred percent next year anyway, and Denver looks like disaster as it is so that might be the response you get and nobody will want him and, and that's a moot point but i'm just trying to kind of shake things up and see what kind of pieces i can get and give myself options because again if you have a trade deadline or if guys aren't trading you can't just go out and make a bunch of trades here over the next right. few weeks so if you give yourself three pieces here that i can maneuver around and work in my lineup you know i think i think that can make some sense um, well, real quick, before you pivot on this, I want to point this out because I think this is important. You're sending Javante and getting a QB back. Obviously, in leagues like this, there's that, you know, that QB tax or like, I want to get one if I'm giving one. I've heard that in so many yeah, leagues. It's, where it's, it's like, it's, it's Brady. but it's Brady. And the guy's yeah. got Aaron Rodgers, Ryan Tannehill and Deshaun Watson. Like he's OK at QB. He might actually go for this. Even if he still backs. wants to compete this year, he's probably going to plug in Watson anyway. So he may not right. even he may just say, oh, that's what I mean. Now is the perfect time to send that and yes. try to get one of those yeah. out. The other thing I was going to say is running backs are Christian McCaffrey and a couple of other guys like Carter and, and War. You know, he doesn't have a strong running back group. And we were talking about before with this even a point two five point per carry point five PPR having another running back on that team could be very helpful for the future. Right. And so like, I'm, I like this trade a lot. I like the way you're splitting that, that dead asset up into startable, potentially startable options for you. I think that only helps you win this year. Yeah. Okay, what was your other so trade? I know you had another, another yep, part. There. So the alternative option was another team kind of in a similar situation. They've lost three straight games. They're not one of the top teams in points. They're probably heading in the wrong direction. Um, granted, it might be hard to pull this off for the two specific players because it looks like they're both about to have a little bit of a, a boon themselves uh, for different reasons. But same Javante Williams potentially add a piece to it, like a second um, to get Marquise Brown. And so you could 
go Javante for Brown and Higby or Javante in a second for Brown, Higby in a third, if you really wanted to, you know, be even value. Um, the, the whole thing here is Marquise Brown's about to come back. He looked great today in the video that I saw. Uh, they definitely need him, um, you know, with, with the other injuries. And then Higby, it, he's probably the only show in town right now anyway. So I think he's going to get some, some work too. And that just helps you at that tight end premium position where we don't know when, if, and Joku's coming back. And for some reason, the Saints decided to stop using what was working there uh, with Taysom Hill. So, you know, this, again, it just gives you some pieces here. And at least turning Javante into Marquise Brown, you don't feel like you didn't get anything for him. Whereas in the other trade, you kind of feel like, ah, I don't know what I'm really ending up with here long term. So this is more of maybe a, like it could help me now, but at least I'm getting something for the future type trade. So just two different philosophies there and, and just ways to go about it. What do you think about those, Wyatt? Are you on the, on the same page as Scott or you got a uh, critiques there? I think I like the first one the most because I just basically just because I think getting Brady improves the week to week point scoring for yep. his team the most. Um, yes, I like Michael Carter in general um, just because I think he's I think he's just a good player. Brees Hall is coming off an injury, so there is always just a little bit of chance that it doesn't pan out for him, right? Um, and Jalen Warren is surprising, so that's interesting there. Keenan Allen, he he might just be complete dust at this point. Like I'm starting to yeah, feel like that was just, that was just <laughs> just over. <laughs> um, yeah. But the second trade, I really like getting Marquise. Like I wish I could combine these. I want to get Tom Brady and Marquise Brown. <laughs> there like, you go. Hey, yeah, really no, yeah. Like I, can we no. work a three way trade here? Yeah, can right. We get that yeah, done. Sure. That would be great because you know it oh, helps yeah. prepare for the future at a position that he's already kind of weakened at wide receiver. Get to the quarterback for this year. Like let's get that done. Right. Yep. I'm with you. Well, I'm with you. And I think too, both of these trades kind of address what he was talking about in his note to kind of wrap it all back around. You know, he's not looking to do a crazy rebuild. I just think he needs to retool. And and Javante is a prime case to send in a retool because you can still get a lot for him right now, even though he's not scoring points. He's still got a lot of perceived value. He's he's going to hold a lot of the value he's got now. I don't see his value going down between now and when he comes back. I, I feel like that'd be almost impossible to do his value is already about at its floor quote unquote floor from perception uh now he could come back and and have a rough game or get re-hurt or whatever that's we never know that um but i really like the idea too of just trying to get some more points in your lineup like again it is only start nine with 35 roster spots so you've got some deep like the deeper benches in a sense on leagues like that but i still would want as many startable options as i can as you get into the playoffs because I mean, there are still some later buys that we have to contend with in weeks 13 and 14, I believe, this year. Or is it just 14? Either way, there, there are some later buys this year. And then you're still going to have injuries. I mean, even if you trade for Keenan Allen, he may not play this week still. So, like, you know, there's some of those kind of question marks, too. So I think that did a pretty good job to help you out there, Steve. And even if you're not Steve, hopefully you got some good value from what we're talking about. Um, no two leagues are the same. I think that's, that's the thing we say all the time. And, and that's why we like doing this specific segment. Uh, we can talk trades until the cows come home, but seeing an actual league and getting the actual context every now and then can be, I don't know, can kind of be enlightening in a way to say, okay, well, given all of this specific information, here's what I would do. Um, your league, if you're listening to this, your league might not be this quiet and it might not be this, you need to overpay kind of thing, but it might be, you might be in 30 leagues or 40 or 50 leagues like Scott, and you might have six of them that are like this and they just can't get trades done. Maybe this is the sign to be like, you know what? That's a good point. Maybe I just have to overpay to break the seal. Maybe that's a good thing, right? Maybe just, just, I mean, again, 
I the leagues that I don't trade in are the ones that I inevitably leave because it's just like, why am I here? You know what I mean? Like I, I it's like best ball at that point. Like what what's the point if I'm not trading and I'm not there's no conversation? Like, what are we doing here? Um, and that's just that's just my opinion. Not everybody has to agree with it. But with that, I think that pretty much covers us, Steve. Hopefully you got some good value out of that. But is there anything else you want to talk about tonight, Wyatt, before we get out of here? Or you feel like we covered it and had a pretty good time? I mean, I've had a fantastic time. So <laughs> thank God. Thank, thank God. Yeah. Well, I guess with that, Wyatt, have uh, have everybody give them a little bit more about where they can find you again and just sort of help us out where what you're doing right now. I know you're doing a lot of things, but are you doing a bunch weekly or is it just kind of like autopilot? <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, it's it kind of feels like autopilot because every week goes by so fast. But yeah. yeah um, on Twitter, YB underscore FF. Basically, all of my content is at jwbfantasyfootball.com or on our YouTube. Please go subscribe. We'd appreciate it. Uh, shameless plug. And uh, like I said, you can uh, get some articles from me occasionally from DLF, uh, like once a month or so there. That's only Perfect. only place I write. <laughs> Perfect. No, I know that there's a whole bunch of content out there. So I appreciate you coming on and sharing that with us and obviously giving us some insights I still love that picket for Geno Smith. I might actually do that in a league. Like I'm just the more I'm thinking about it, I'm like, man, I can't. Well, carry your team. I would send that. Well, I guess I mean, like, there's a league where I'm like third. I could really use those points. You know what I mean? Like, that's not a bad move. Kind of dig it. Anyway, um, and if I have Geno, I'm accepting that. Right. That's what I'm saying. Like, that's not. It makes sense. It makes sense. I like it. I like it. This is why I like talking to you. I always get my brain moving. Anyway, um, you can follow me online at, at at for as long as ats matter at Andrew Hall FF on Twitter. Uh, follow Scott at Scott underscore Sidlow, the other hosts or hosts, whatever you, you can follow them whenever they're on the show. They're not on the show. They don't count uh, any errors or omissions or Rocky's fault. Cause he wasn't on the show. Uh, follow us at dynasty junkies as well. You can follow the DAP network at DAP underscore network. And it's DAP underscore network uh, subscribe rate and review. I know I said that before, but we really do want to hear your feedback. Uh, I always say, and I know Scott agrees with this too. Like send us DMS. We've got trade questions or polls tag us on Twitter is, you know, again, while we are here, let's might as well just help everybody while the season goes along. And then with that, I guess, appreciate you coming on, Wyatt. Really glad I could talk to you. But Scott, take us out of here for the night. Thanks again to Steve for the submission. Keep those submissions coming in. Uh, thanks to the homies in the chat. We appreciate you hanging out. Thanks for listening wherever you do. And uh, appreciate everybody again. The listeners are, you know, the, you're why we do this and why this has grown so much. And we really appreciate you. Uh, we don't say thank you enough. So thank you so much. Uh, we will continue to have amazing guests for you, like our guests tonight. Uh, thanks again, Wyatt, for coming on. So for Wyatt, for Andrew Hall, I'm Scott Sidlow. Junkies out.